0: You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary,
1: caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser! Fumengali
2: from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsay is in. Janovich the fullback. Janovich hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick. He continues to dig, he's not, they call a Touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, no offense. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the
0: 10. Kicks it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. End zone caught. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver.
3: And now,
0: here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I have
1: exercise the demons. This house
3: is clear.
2: Okay. I'm going to let this settle in just for a second here. We are live. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. and With me, as always, returned from his trip to the Big Apple, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I hope you had a great trip. I know we were just chit-chatting about it briefly right before we went live, but uh, hope you had a great trip. Glad to see that you're home safe and sound. And I wanted to get your thoughts, dude, on this new approach. Vic Fangio appears to be pioneering as it applies to the Combine. The Broncos aren't sending any assistant coaches this year. You and I were there last year. We saw every assistant coach under the sun the Broncos had walking around. There's Munchak. There's Chris Cooper. Mm -hmm, That's not happening this time. It's only Vic Fangio. Your thoughts?
1: First of all, I appreciate that, Chad. I'm glad to be home and back on, you know, the pod, my normal setting here. It's just, you know, it's, it's a little more normal normal for me. But I like the idea from the Broncos, and even Sean McVay touched on it with Brandon Staley, the new defensive coordinator there, that it's actually this new trend where they're leaving the assistants home to kind of pour over tape and use the resources and time better than being at the Combine when everyone and their mother is there already. It's already televised. It's covered so closely. So they don't need necessarily every single person in the organization to be on site. Fangio will be there. John Elway will be there. The important people will be there. But I like the fact that he has his assistant. Considering this coaching staff, Chad, has gone undergone some turnover as well. I like that they're going to be back home pouring over tape of free agents of the draft class and better utilizing their time. I like this decision by Vic Fangio. And the fact, also, he went to Elway and requested it, not the other way around. Right. And apparently the LA
2: Rams are following suit and people are trying to figure out why, like what's the connection. And then when you realize that this was something that Vic Fangio had planned out quite a few months ago in all likelihood. And then Brandon Staley goes to join the Rams as the new defensive coordinator, the guy who coached Broncos outside linebackers last season under Fangio. And he's like, hey, Sean McVay. This is what my old boss was thinking, and I liked it. What are your thoughts? And Sean McVeigh's like, "Yeah, dude, let's save that money." I mean, you're you're basically looking at about. We've made the trip. You're basically looking at when you count hotel, airfare, and food for the course of an entire week. You're looking at about anywhere between seventeen to twenty five hundred, depending on, you know, how lavish you want to make your trip. Right. That's Transportation too. Yeah. I mean, that adds up quick when you're talking about bringing an entire coaching staff plus the front office guys, plus the scouts. So on one hand, I understand it. My only concern, and this was something I wrote about on Friday is, you know, these assistant coaches are going to be able to watch the interviews because they are recorded and then they can go back. But there's, there, there's something to be said, Zach, for being in the room with somebody and being able to kind of pick up on and interpret their, you know, their little idiosyncrasies when you ask them a question, not that you can't. Pick up on that necessarily on video. In a lot of cases, I'm sure you could, but there's a difference about in in terms of being there in real time and picking up on body language, energy. You know, did he kind of hide his eyes when I asked him that question directly? Like little things like that, that you wonder is that going to suffer? But at the end of the day, my bet is that this is going to have zero effect in terms of it hurting the Broncos draft.
1: You know, that's actually a good point that I didn't really consider before. Not that it changes my mind, but you know, you always like to have that, that one-on-one feel. It's different doing it over a phone or over, you know, Skype rather than being in person and getting the feel for them. Like you mentioned in an interview. I don't think it's going to impact the Broncos drafting. This says to me that Elway fully trusts Vic Fangio as a scout. To best determine, uh, you know, what he wants to do, and where he wants to go with these prospects. So I like the fact that, like, like I said, that Fangio went to Elway, and made it happen, and Elway has enough trust in his coaching staff and Fangio to allow them to take this, I guess, unprecedented move to leave their assistants behind. I can say for sure, John Elway would not have allowed this if Vance Joseph requested it. No way, no how.
2: Yeah, and that's a good point. That's an absolutely good point. You know, and it's kind of cool to think that because I was listening to a conversation that Adam Schefter had on this topic on uh, on Friday, and he's he thinks this is going to be truly a pioneering thing that takes off like he thinks, you know, a few years down the road. It's going to be head coaches, and by the way, the only reason head coaches are going is because they're mandated by league rule to go in, and address the media. That it's only going to be head coaches, GMs, front offices, you know, uh, scouts that are doing this. And you know, NFL, not like they need to pinch their penny, Zach. They are a twelve to thirteen billion dollar a year uh, corporation, industry entity, whatever you want to call it. But they're going to be able to save a lot of money. And I guess that's the best way to view this, Zach, is that when it comes to money, if if an NFL team can save it. They're going to try and save it.
1: Right. And it's not just a couple thousand. It can be like $50,000 collectively. So I do like the money-saving measure as well. And also the Broncos will get, like every other team, 30 allotted visits, pre-draft visits for prospects. So then they will have the coaches for those, and they will have a better understanding and more of a a collective feel. So not being at the combine doesn't worry me at all. I like the move.
2: Guys, we are going to talk about some of the rumors In the rumor mill we have picked up on the Broncos, we had an article at milehighhuddle.com over the weekend that was basically laying out, collecting everything in one spot, all the different rumors the Broncos have been tied to since the offseason began as it relates specifically to free agency and the veteran trade market. And we're going to get into that. First though, you guys, just a couple of really quick matters of business. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod, simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then a gentle reminder, don't forget to head on over to huddleuppod.com and check out the merch.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME.
2: Living with chronic pain is the worst. It's more than a feeling of discomfort. It can affect your whole life. Many of our listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing and sleeping or stopped them from exercising. Perhaps it's been ongoing for a few weeks now and hasn't improved with any of the treatments they've tried. Enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On, developed by Omax Health. This non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on is specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part is this 100% CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and the relief lasts up to 8 hours, much longer than the -the over-the-counter products. Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on, plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code OVERTIME. That's O-M-A-X, health.com, and enter code OVERTIME to get 20% off CryoFreeze and site-wide. All right, Zach, I can see the comments are rolling in. We got a super chat. We're going to grab that here in just a second. Um, well, actually, let me let me see here. Let me let me jump to the bottom. This thing's being there. We go, Hunter. We'll grab Hunter, and then I think it's going to tie into this. I basically want to go through this article piece by piece here. But let's see what's on Hunter's mind, really quick. Appreciate you, Hunter. Jumping in Thank with you, a twenty-five dollar wow. donation on super chat. Thank you are you. the man. He says Lindsay is good, but with the typical skill set that Pat Shermer has used to employ his running backs. Is Lindsay going to be used in a different way now, with a new back coming in, whether by free agency or draft, uh, to be an every-down back? Well, first off, Shermer said, and again, it's you, it's hard to know when it's just coach speak or whether a coach is is being genuine. <clears throat> Usually, you can't know for sure until you see it come out in the wash. You see, basically, they speak through their actions. Right now, all we can judge them on is is what they're saying, and the one thing that Shermer said. Is that he thinks Philip Lindsay has what it takes to be a three-down back, and he talked about how running routes and being trusted to pass protect is a big part of that, and he thinks Lindsay can do it. Now, Lindsay, you know he's he's got a ways to go before he's Saquon Barkley, the receiver. Even though he caught 35 balls in each of his first two years as a as a pro, I think in Shermer's offense, Zach, you can see him probably come close to doubling those numbers and i don't necessarily think that the running back the broncos add this offseason because you know they're gonna they're gonna need to replace what Devontae booker did for the team or at least replace his spot on the roster i don't necessarily think zach that guy's coming in in any way shape or form to threaten lindsey i think for the next little bit he's the guy there and i do think he's going to be fine in terms of participating in the past game he's got to get you know work on his hands and work on his routes but specifically is his hands you know run if you're not just an outlet pass if you're actually running a route you know you need to have your hands down and i think that as long as he checks that box and gets that work done this offseason he'll be fine
1: yeah you can definitely debate whether he has what it takes to be a workhorse in the NFL just a you know a thirty per carry game guy considering his build, and you can definitely question his hands, but I think one thing Pat Shermer will do that uh the previous coaching staff didn't was make Lindsay the guy, no timeshare, no committee, no two headed approach. Lindsay is the one, and everyone else is the two no one a one b one and then two, no matter who that running back is to spell him. Whether that's Royce Freeman or a draft pick, Lindsey will be the guy. If he can just get his his passing chops down, he has a chance to contribute to this offense to be the centerfold of this offense even more so than he was the past couple seasons. Like you mentioned, Chad, long ways to go from being you know the next David Johnson in terms of his hands. But if he just works on that this offseason, I know for a fact already, as do you and most Broncos fans, Schirmer will feature him heavy. He's going to be a big, big focal point in 2020. All right, guys, before we get to your super chats and questions
2: and comments coming in, let me just touch on a few of these rumors that I wanted wanted to address tonight. Um, Starting with, and this is basically I tried to find everything I possibly could on anything that we had reported, picked up from around the web, rumors involving the Broncos basically starting at the Super Bowl on. And the first thing is, is, as it relates to homegrown free agents hitting the market, The first thing is Shelby Harris and the number one thing there, Zach, we touched on this. I think it was last week. He's going to have quite the market, I think for his services and Benjamin Albright reported that the Colts are one of these teams that are going to have a legitimate interest in him. And his cost is approach probably going to approach at least if you believe spot track. And they're usually pretty right on about these things. It's going to approach the 12 million Mark. Now, if it gets to that point, we'll see how, how it, uh, you know, how much the Broncos want to keep Shelby Harris in Denver. There's, I don't know what it is, Zach. You know, I've been the one saying that I think Derek Wolfe is the more likely one to end up back in Denver, but there's something nagging at the back of my mind that I think the Broncos might like Shelby Harris a lot more than they've let on. And they might try and really spend some of this, what could amount to almost $80 million in cap room to get him back in Denver.
1: I can definitely see the Broncos, you know, falling in love with him as free agency does approach. I just don't think they'll love him enough to pony up $14, $15 million a year to potentially making him among the highest paid players at his position. Uh, I don't think they like him that much considering Gottes is a free agent. Wolf's a free agent. They invested in the draft recently at that spot. They have other needs to fill. They have other free agents they have to re-sign. So I'm sure the Broncos will float an offer. I'm sure they'll be in contact with his agent, who I believe is now Drew Rosenhaus because he wants to get paid Shelby Harris. But I just don't see Elway going that high, 14, 15 a year, to retain his services.
2: Then we have Chris Harris Jr., who has been tied to the Eagles, and it's not the first time he's been rumored to be an interest of the Eagles or a target for the Eagles in uh, years past. And then also the fact, Zach, it's not necessarily rumor, but in terms of momentum and storylines that relate to Harris, he has retweeted multiple stories that have projected or predicted him landing with the Kansas City Chiefs. But the problem with that is, if you look at the Kansas City Chiefs uh, cap space, I mean, we know they got to pay Patrick Mahomes here very soon. You got Chris Jones hitting free agency. They only have 13.6 million in cap space starting today. You know, that could change if they do some restructures or if they cut some guys, but 13.6 million, which When you factor in they got to pay Mahomes, they got to figure out what they're doing with Chris Jones. It's hard to envision the Chiefs suddenly finding the coin to pay a corner like Chris Harris, who's looking for that top of the market type of money.
1: Right. That's going to be the thing that I think prevents him from signing with Kansas City. The fact that he's all in for the money. He wants to be the highest paid corner in the game. in Kansas City, with an upcoming Mahomes extension with Chris Jones, like you mentioned, I don't think they'll have the cash to pony up for that. I really do see the Eagles making a strong play for Chris Harris Jr., especially when you consider they almost or wanted to trade for him before the trade deadline last season. They need to need a cornerback. They have the money. Either him or Byron Jones are their top targets in free agency. I can for sure see Chris Harris Jr. wearing green and white next year but i don't see the broncos poning up that cash to keep him i think he's a goner
2: as it relates to uh will parks we haven't really heard anything no specific rumors on will parks other than just general things that the broncos do like him they're going to let him test the market i think it's a it's at least a 50 50 odds that he ends up back in denver depending on what the rest of the league thinks of will parks if they find if he gets there and finds you know contract five six million a year to come play the broncos are going to let him go but and then as it relates, Derek Wolf, nothing in terms of rumor other than him talking about how he's not necessarily looking to break the bank as a free agent. He wants what's fair, et cetera, and he wants to stay Endeavor in a perfect world. We'll see how that shakes out. And then Justin Simmons, nothing new to report there in terms of rumors or new buzz. So let's move forward here, Zach, with the the outside free agents, the Broncos have been tied to. And I want to start with Byron Jones, the corner from Dallas. Now, we touched on this last week, but he was tapped by Cecil Lammy of 1043, the fan. And, and Cecil's a guy, great guy. And he's very plugged in across the NFL, especially with the scouting community, which is tied to front offices. So, he, usually when he – when and, and he's at Dove Valley every day when, when the court is in session, let's say when the Broncos are in the building, he's there. He's very plugged in, and he tapped Byron Jones as the likely – the Denver Broncos' most likely number one free agent priority this offseason.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a good position for the Broncos to target out of house. They need a cornerback regardless of Chris Harris Jr. status. Now, if they bring him back, they're not going to break the bank on Byron Jones considering they paid – You know, Bryce Callahan last offseason. But this is the best, far and away the best corner on the open market. He has what it takes to thrive in Fangio's system. He's young. He has upside, a former first-round pick. He can play some safety. We mentioned the the turnover, lack of turnovers as an issue with Byron Jones, but he definitely has the skill set to thrive in a Fangio defense. If they get him under contract, which I think is still less than a 50-50 prospect, he will thrive in Denver.
2: There was a tweet. Let me see if I can find it really quick without bogging down the show. Here it is. This came from Brad Kelly. Quote, Byron Jones has been targeted 125 times over the past two years, allowing 65 receptions, which is 52% targets relinquished, or uh, into receptions, 806 yards. Five touchdowns allowed, 19 pass breakups. He's 27 years old, former first-round pick. He was a second-team All-Pro in 2018 and a Pro Bowler in 2018. A 100-percentile athlete, and then this guy says, you do not let that player walk in free agency. And I know the stories, Zach, that we published on the topic last week received a lot of quote tweets, especially on Twitter, from Cowboys fans who are sick at the idea yeah. that the Cowboys might have to let Byron Jones go.
1: I mean, that's the problem that Jerry Jones put Dallas and They paid Zeke last offseason. They paid a bunch of other players. Now they have Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper as free agents as well. I think they'll retain them too, but in the salary cap age chat, you just can't pay everyone. So I think Byron Jones is a goner from Dallas, and he will go to the highest bidder on the open market. Whether that's the Broncos,
3: we'll have to wait and see how that you know plays out.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
2: Every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real. Is there really a crime going on or not? All the alarm company can tell them is the motion sensor went off. Simply Safe Home Security, though, is different. If there is a break in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. Plus, Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's 24-7 monitoring by live security professionals. It's peace of mind. You can set up your system yourself, no tools needed. Or Simply Safe can do it for you, and it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Visit SimplySafe.com slash overtime. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to SimplySafe.com slash overtime so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime. Now, the other Jones that is of interest here, Chris Jones from Kansas City, he was pegged by Pro Football Focus as their number one defensive free agent in 2020. Over the cap projects his value to be somewhere around $18 million per year. And when you consider the Broncos are already paying Von Miller quarterback money, and you're talking about paying similar coin to a, a five-tech defensive end, as good as he was and as much... Or as he is, and as much shop as he wrecked in that Super Bowl, you could the value you can talk yourself into it. The problem is his being tied to Denver is the most tangential. I mean, it's it's slim pickings in terms of actual rumors tying him to Denver. Yes, they're in the division, and oftentimes you see a, an unrestricted free agent for the first time sign with a division rival. It happens quite commonly because those are the teams who are the most familiar with that player. Woody Page is the only guy who's really kind of tied Chris Jones to Denver, and it was more in the sense, Zach, of a prediction, not so much or a guy I would target type thing. Right. I don't necessarily think he's bound for Denver, even though, again, the Broncos are going to have, once they make their decision on Joe Flacco, once they make their decision on Ronald Leary, they're going to go from about $62 million in cap space up to $80 million. And, I mean, even if they – Let's say four, three or four of their homegrown free agents. You got to get those guys re-signed. They'll probably still end up with somewhere between 30 to 40 million in cap space. You got enough money. You could pursue Chris Jones if you prior- prioritize him that high. I'm just not sure the Broncos are there yet.
1: Right, and if they use some of that cap space to pay either Shelby Harris or Derek Wolf, they're not going to have to pay Chris Jones, and I'd rather almost the Broncos, if they can pay both of those players for less or what Chris Jones would cost on the open market. Ultimately, though, I don't see him getting away from Kansas City, and if he does, I see him going to a team like the Colts, who were so in need of defense and and willing to open up their pocketbook, but I think the Broncos would be more inclined to focus in-house first for defensive linemen. There's also mid-tier options as well out there, Chad. Someone tweeted to me about Lennon Williams today, and I'm not a crazy fan of his, but there is you know, definitely cheaper options if they don't re-sign Shelby Harris, Derek Wolf, or if they want to supplement them with another free agent addition.
2: There's still a few other things I want to touch on this article, other rumors touching the Broncos here, but so I don't lose you in the stream here, let me grab a few of these super chats from Mark. Appreciate you, Mark. Yeah, he says, what's you, up, my guys? I sent my information to you, and as always, thank you for what you do. Mark, we did get your email, and trust me when I say we we got some stuff heading your way here very soon. We yes. will be in touch, uh, in the very near future. Eclipse Stormborn, longtime listener of the show, jumps in on super chat. Thank you, brother. Yeah,
0: Eclipse.
2: He says the rumor is ripping to the Eagles. What mm. can we get? Listen, that's a that's news to me. I haven't heard right. what the Eagles are interested in. Bre- I mean, Brett Rippin's under contract with the Broncos. So, um, what could we get? Maybe a conditional seventh round pick. That would be the absolute most you could get for an. Former undrafted quarterback, one year removed from not hearing his name called on draft day.
1: <laughs> and where do I sign for that chat? If the Broncos can flip Rippon for anything, you take that deal and run. He's definitely, you know, he's a nice prospect to have in the organization, but entirely replaceable. So I haven't heard that rumor either. But if the Eagles want to pony up a draft pick, uh, you know, Godspeed.
2: Hunter says jumping back in on super chat. Who had the you. Philip Lindsay question? He says I'm still scared to draft him in fantasy. No, this is the year. Like, look, Philip Lindsay has done quite well for himself historically, especially as a former undrafted rookie to first two years in the league, back to back seasons, thousand yard rushers. And, you know, he's one of like, I can't remember the exact number. It's either three or four running backs in team history to have back to back, thousand yard rushing seasons. That's nothing to to scoff at. However, this is the year you're gonna see him, I think, take that quantum leap forward and maybe not necessarily put up numbers akin to the Saquon Barkley's of the world and the Christian McCaffrey's, but He's going to be more of a bona fide guy and, I think, focus of this offense by virtue of Pat Shermer coming in. He's just going to be – he's going to get a lot more of the totes on uh, in between the tackles, and he's also going to be a lot more involved in the passing game because the system demands it. So this is the year I'm telling guys, look, if you like Philip Lindsay, this is the year to draft him in fantasy because, you know, 1,000 yards barely in each of his first two seasons. I think this is a type of offense where he could get 1,200 on the ground and another – 50 to 60 receptions, you know, throw it in somewhere between 400 to 600 yards. And then the touchdowns, that's the one thing I want to see jump up, Zach, is he had double-digit touchdowns as a rookie. Those numbers dipped big time last year. I want to see him climb back up into the double digits.
1: Yeah, what I'm excited about is Shermer calling runs for Lindsay that, that maximize his skill set. So many times with Scangarello last year, he was calling inside runs for Lindsay. That doesn't maximize his speed or game-breaking ability, and no coincidence there that he didn't have as many game-breaking touchdowns. Um, You know, we have to see how the draft plays out and free agency plays out to see what the Broncos do at running back, but I I'd feel safe to say you draft Lindsay as a starter. You draft Lindsay and put him in your lineup. He's going to have a much bigger year, and I can easily see him eclipsing the stats that Chad just laid out. He's going to have a big-time back bounce back season in year three
2: sleek tro says do you think chris jones would like to play with a team in his division like the broncos well <clears throat> right now you know less than a month removed from winning a super bowl with the chiefs <laughs> right <laughs> on a public level he's not going to say anything positive about the denver broncos and in fact i think it was our, our nick kendall for mile high huddle who quote tweeted him or i might be missing misremembering that but he basically, in response to the question of, you know, we want to see you in Denver, he quote tweeted once saying, like, nah, I'm good, basically. like. But what else is he going to say? You know, especially right. when that tweet happened, I think it was December or toward the end of December, the Broncos were out of the playoffs, Chiefs were in, they were about to make a playoff push. Even though he knew he was going to be a free agent here in the very near future, he's like, no. So, but it goes back, Zach, to the idea. I mean, think back to Neil Smith circa 1997, who what, was a uh, one of the all-time great pass rushers in Chiefs history. Entire career spent in Kansas City, and in free agency, he jumped ship, defected to Denver, signed on. John Elway restructured his contract as a quarterback so that the Broncos could fit Neil Smith's money in uh, under the cap, and then they went and won a Super Bowl. It's common, Zach. I mean, look at Richard Sherman when he left Seattle. Where did he go? San Francisco. So in that sense, I could see the Broncos having some serious interest in Chris Jones, but it's a matter of, how much do they really want to compete? Because he's going to be pushing close to the 20 million mark as a five tech defensive end. Now, last thing, and I want to serve this over to you. What is that worth to you? How much are sacks worth to you? How much right. is disrupting the opposing team's passing game from the interior inside and, and stopping the run? I mean, how important it is? Because he's one of probably the top five, five tech players in the in the game. I mean, I could talk myself into it, no problem. It's a matter of where do the Broncos value that
1: good as Chris Jones is, much as so I like him as a player, Chad, I am not paying him $20 million a year. I'm not paying anyone, a non-quarterback, that much money per season. Sacks are a lot valued to me, but not that much. And like I said, they can re-sign Chris Harris. They can, excuse me. They can re-sign Shelby Harris. They can re-sign Derek Wolf, both of which would be cheaper than bringing in Chris Jones. They can also draft Kinlaw in the first round, potentially, who'd be much cheaper and potentially more upside. And I just think there's other options to go among the Broncos wish list. We talk about Amari Cooper and Byron Jones, those players. Chris Jones is pretty implausible. I would not hold my breath on him coming to Denver this offseason.
2: And there are just, I mean, there's going to be a lot of suitors right in pretty much everyone yeah we'll see how it shakes out we're going to grab of course each and every one of your super chats guys we'll circle back I just want to move forward to Brandon Scherf all right now Scherf of course the offensive guard Washington Redskins former top five pick in the draft out of Iowa he's been rumored to the Broncos that the Broncos could have interest in him by multiple sources but again it's it's actually surface area connections it's mostly. Insiders around Dove Valley saying, here's a guy that would make sense, especially if you're going to decline Ron Leary's uh, team option. Woody Page has floated Sheriff as a potential target. He's a guy, though, unfortunately, as much as I like him, he's going to come at a premium, Zach, and he's a guy that's finished the last two years on injured reserve. Now, if you subscribe to the once bitten, twice shy, you know, philosophy based on the last two offensive linemen that John Alloway really paid, Ronald Leary and Juwan James, both of which have come back to miss a lot of time after getting paid. I'm thinking the Broncos are probably going to sit this. They'll they'll call to check on what the cost is. Right. On, but I'm thinking this is one they're going to they're going to let kind of just pass on.
1: But even think back before that to the tackles, Donald Stevenson, Menelik Watts, Jared Jared the, the LA has not had good luck acquiring veteran linemen, and the ones he does have injury histories, and they end up getting injured again. So this is another position like a quarterback where he's a little gun-shy and tentative. He, like you said, he'll check in on Shur to see what he'll cost, but I don't see him going to that well again considering how it hasn't worked out for him in the past. I think they will restock that cupboard in the draft.
2: Then we have Joe Shobert, the linebacker from Cleveland. Now, of course, the Broncos do have a decision to make on Todd Davis's team option. Declining it would free up $5 million in cap space. But even if Davis is kept, the Broncos are expected to be, and this is according to Benjamin Albright, intrigued by Schobert. And he would be an upgrade, I think, over Davis and a player that Vic oh, yeah. Fangio could pencil in opposite of Alexander Johnson and feel really good about him never having to leave the field. Schulbert has that sneaky coverage ability. He's a more than solid run defender, which makes him a true three-down linebacker. And I concur, a likely Broncos target.
1: Yeah, he would be a monster upgrade on Todd Davis. I don't see Sherbert, though, leaving Cleveland. I think he put out an interview recently, if not today, that said he's expects the new Browns GM to make him an offer, so they'll probably work something out. But if he does reach the open market and the Broncos get a chance to sign him, they should go all in. That guy can fit this Broncos defense perfectly. Him next to A.J. Johnson for years to come, that's a dynamic, young, high-upside linebacking core. court.
2: Then we move on to some of the trade rumors, and the first and foremost is Stefan Diggs. We touched on this, of course, in podcasts in the past here, but he is disgruntled. He is a diva. He reportedly wants out of Minnesota. Benjamin Albright recently tweeted basically that the Broncos would at least want to check on and will check on what the cost of acquiring Diggs via trade might be. Now, what would that cost? What could that cost possibly be? Our Bob Morris did a great job in a recent article, you can go find it at milehighhuddle.com, exploring what it would cost to pry Diggs away from the Vikings. But I go back to, you know, if you're really looking for that compliment to Cortland Sutton, Zach, the guy that kind of fills in some of the spaces that Cortland Sutton doesn't, checks some of the boxes that Sutton doesn't. Diggs is fast, don't get me wrong, but he's not what you think of in terms of the fastest straight line speed and that quick twitch short area, you know, uh, playmaker with the ball in his hands, open field, shuckle attackers, the tacklers, the whole nine yards. He's basically Sutton. They're two jump ball guys. So I'm not sure why you would want to give up what would probably cost a second, third round pick somewhere in there to acquire a guy like Diggs, who's also going to end up counting for 11.5 against your 2020 cap.
1: And I don't see why the Vikings would want to move their offensive centerpiece. They have Kirk Cousins. They have, you know, Gary Kubiak now calling plays. They're they're a playoff contender, perennial playoff contender. Why would you trade away a centerpiece? Even if he was disgruntled, he's in his prime. He's a good receiver. But I'm with you. I mean, I'd rather get a Lamb or a Judy or a Ruggs. Anyone in the draft who would cost cheaper and fit the Broncos offense better as, you know, compared to uh, Stephon Diggs. Love the guy. I just don't see where this rumor is materializing, considering the Broncos probably going to draft a wide receiver. Two who, like you mentioned, Chad, is more Emmanuel Sanders than Cortland Sutton. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
3: Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint
2: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to poo-poo on Stefan Diggs. I'm just saying the Broncos already have a really good vertical possession style receiver, go up and get the ball, you know, haul in that slant on third and eight. You know, that's that's Cortland Sutton. He can get that done, and that's basically what Stephon Diggs brings to the table with maybe – I mean, everything's up for debate, but I just see them as being too close to to want to give up that kind of capital. Now, we go back to the Super Chats. I don't want to lose the comments here in the stream from Discount Audio and Wheels, DAW, you should tell us where you're located, dude, mm-hmm. what uh, what your geographic location is. Jumps in on Super Chat. And by the way, Pre- thank you for the support. Appreciate you. To ton. Yes. Great work, fellas. Would you think maybe spending the money we have on the defensive side and using our draft capital for the offensive side, O-line receiver running back, so yeah. the offense can be under control? I think that's kind of a general theme, But the and I agree with you on that Discount Audio that that's probably more of the approach they're going to take. And the main reason being, that's where their biggest holes are. I mean, free agency is meant to fill roster holes so you can go into the draft and draft with more discipline, staying true to your big board. Let's face it. I mean, the offensive line is always in need of some attention, Zach, but the Broncos' biggest, most uh, immediate demands hole-wise are at cornerback and defensive line. So that's where they're going to spend their initial free agent dollars.
1: Yeah, they're going to look to their in-house guys and get them, you know, under contract and locked down. Then look to the offensive side of the draft because on the open market chat, there's no burner wide receiver, too. There's no starting caliber that I think, uh, tackles or guards needed to fill those positions through the draft. So I fully agree. They're going to look for maybe a cheap cornerback. They're going to re-sign Justin Simmons, either, you know, Shelby Harris or Derek Wolf and then use the uh, the draft to get your receiver, get your guard, get your running back. That's the proper way to do it. And it's a great point that he mentioned, save it all save the cap space and keep the offense young. You're going to have to pay Locke, Lindsey, Sutton down the road. Better to have them all on the same kind of schedule financially.
2: Terry, one of our Super Chat superstars, jumps in. Thank you, Terry. Thank $20 you. donation. Appreciate he says, hey, guys, props to Zach for keeping his eyes open for the end of the last few pods. Good job, bro, because it know. was late both times. Um, oh, okay. That's DL and <laughs> DB in free, agent, in free agency, wide receiver and OL in the draft. More weapons for lock, hashtag football priest, hashtag state of being. And, and you're proving that each and every pod, Terry, each yes. and every day. Appreciate That Broncos you, country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you're saying there, Zach.
1: I don't either. That's definitely by far the Broncos' biggest needs. Like we just mentioned, Chad, I think the Broncos will diversify how they attack those needs this offseason, offense via the draft, you know, defense via free agency.
2: We got, uh, Chris jumping in saying he bought the hoodie in uh, Southern California, nice. which is also Broncos country. And that's what I'm saying, man. Broncos country is, it's the best. It's, it's the best. Yes. But it is, it's wherever you are and Broncos country is all over the, uh, fruited plain here. I want to show you guys what he's talking about this hoodie really quick. I'm going to show it. This is a good opportunity to do it. Um, This is probably the hoodie he's – this is one of our best sellers, this blue Mile High Huddle hoodie, and it says Bronco's Country. is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. You can see the hat that I'm wearing here. You can see this blue uh, men's tee. And then we scroll down. This blue girls' tee was added over the weekend. You got this white girls' um, hoodie and then a couple other different hoodie options as well. So if you guys want to check that out, again, HuddleUpPod.com. It's just another simple organic way to support – the show and Chris we're glad that uh, you're doing that appreciate you brother now we're going to keep going on your questions we're going to keep going on super chat I promise you I just want to get to this next topic real quick on this article Paul Richardson Zach former CU buff uh second round pick of this of the Seahawks a few years back of course spent the last couple of years with the Redskins after they gave him basically you know five-year deal worth 40 million dollars well two years into that deal Zach the Redskins are getting out of the Paul Richardson business, and it was reported by Benjamin Albright that the Broncos are likely to sniff around their former CU buff. Now, this is a guy that ran a 440 at the Combine. Uh, I think it was 2015. Might have to go back one more year, but either way, it, it, was a, it was a while back. But if you look at his stats, Zach, as a pro, his best year was uh, 2017. Of course, his contract year I don't know, something like 40 receptions, 700 yards, half a dozen touchdowns, solid production, but nothing that you're going to write home about. That doesn't mean he couldn't compliment Cortland Sutton, and that doesn't mean that he could follow a kind of trajectory like Emmanuel Sanders, who, when the Broncos signed Sanders, he hadn't done next to nothing in the NFL in terms of, you know, no 80-catch 80, yard, 80 catch seasons, no 1,000-yard seasons, no Pro Bowls. But Peyton Manning changed that for him quite quickly, and then he, that kind of helped him get his footing, and he was off to the races. I'm not predicting that type of uh, scenario for Paul Richardson, but you can't rule it out.
1: I'm not usually keen on picking up discarded veteran you know, free agents, but this is one guy who would come in cheap. He just got released. He'd take probably a prove-it deal one year, close to the veteran's minimum. He has pure speed. He has local ties. I think this would be a good pickup for the Broncos, and it also wouldn't preclude them, Chad, if the receiver falls at 15. You take him as well. Now you have two speedy receivers to go along with Cortland Sutton. So this is one guy, definitely from the Redskins. I want nothing to do with Josh Norman, but Paul Richardson is one guy that I would not mind the Broncos taking a flyer on he'd be cheap and he would fit the role well run fast down the field
2: all right two more and then we're going to keep it strictly to the comments and super chats we haven't had a chance to discuss this one zach because it it came out on friday from mike kliss and this is one of those kind of like he's 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 who knows how he's getting the players like if he's being told things or if it's just his own imagination him connecting dots but he advocated for the Broncos to make a call to the Detroit Lions and a call to the Jacksonville Jaguars to check on the trade availability of cornerbacks Darius Slay in Detroit and, of course, A.J. Bouye in Jacksonville. The thing about that is it's probably going to take at least a second-round pick to pry Slay away from the Lions. And as it relates Bouye, Zach, there's a good chance he ends up as a cap casualty because the Jaguars are actually 3000000 million-plus over the cap right now. They're going to have mm. to make some cuts.
1: Yeah, Slay, I, I don't get this this prevailing notion out there that the Broncos can get him for a third-round pick. He's going to take at least a second and probably a combination of picks to prime away from Detroit, not to mention the fact that he's a highly paid cornerback who wants to be paid among the highest paid at his position. Sound familiar? The Broncos already have that guy. They wouldn't invest the draft capital and the contract on top of that when they could either bring back Chris Harris Jr. and save a draft pick or just use a draft pick and save some of their money. There's other options around that. Boy, if he gets cut, I would not mind the Broncos sniffing. Thing around but by no means do I want them surrendering a first second or third round pick for a guy they can take in the draft for you know younger cheaper and I think higher upside depending on the, the prospect
2: you know all things being equal I like both of those corners but again as Zach just said it comes down to what's it going to cost to get them off the hands of their team then you got to pay them and both of them are carrying significant you know um cap charges for 2020 and the tens of millions so that's something that uh you know that's a bridge the Broncos will cross as it relates Bouye if he ends up getting cut and becomes a street free agent. But if it took a second, third round pick to get Darius Slay, I would give up a third. I don't know about a second. And by the way, Stu jumps in our super chat superstar <laughs> with a ten dollar donation. We love you, Stu. And by the way, I uh, received a confirmation. Your stuff should be there first of this week that we have got ordered up for you as a thank you for the support you show this this uh, podcast each and every pod. So. Keep on the lookout. Should be there in the next day or two. Ariel jumps in. $5 donation. Sure. Chat. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you, Ariel. Do you think Deontay Spencer could have a spot and better performance on the offense than Deshaun Hamilton? He has shown consistency, speed, and sure hands. As a re- as a punt returner, he has shown sure hands. And, yeah, that speed, he's got something that no other receiver on that roster can bring to the table in terms of that long speed and quick twitch I remain mystified why they didn't try to use him more on the offense, especially as he got deeper into the season. Tim Patrick was hurt. Deshaun Hamilton was slumping. Like, get this guy on the field, and they did here and there, but strictly as a gadget guy, either as a smokescreen gadget or the tip of the spear gadget, and it never worked out well for him when he was on. I think there could be something there, but for whatever reason, the previous coaching regime, and of course that was Rich Scangarello, they didn't like him. It remains to be seen whether or not Pat Shermer likes him or not.
1: I was going to say that could have been Scangarello's call at the previous coaching staff, offensive coaching staff's call to not get him on the field, but to me that's an indictment of his ability, chatter, lack thereof, that the Broncos were hurting, especially after the Sanders trade for a pure burner, and he has that speed, but he couldn't see the offensive uh, side of the field. So the Broncos maybe have him on the roster as a bottom of the the depth chart kind of guy, wide receiver five, but by no means is he the future at the position. They still have to uh, uh, invest quite heavily this offseason at wide receiver, a pure burner.
2: All right, Albert on Periscope, watching on Twitter, says, "Is Connor McGovern staying? If there's a, if you just answered yes or no to that, Zach, off based on what you know, what's your answer?"
1: Oh man, I, I mean, based on how the Broncos handled Paradise last offseason, I don't think the Broncos will pony up and 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 pay McGovern close to top end value for a center. If he wants to come back on a fairly team friendly deal, I can see LA, LA you know opening up the pocketbook. But they might look to the draft. They might look to a cheaper option. Patrick Morris might be an option for them. So right now, it's not a sexy answer, but 50-50 is my call as to where he comes back. It's all about his value and how much he wants and what he's prioritizing as a free agent.
2: Yep, and how much does he want to remain a Bronco? I think at this stage, you know, usually guys who want to stay – And take a discount are guys who experienced some kind of success with the team on a team level during their first four years with the club. Think back to Derek Wolf taking a team discount, Chris Harris taking a team discount. The Broncos were competing in the playoffs all those years that they were on their rookie deal. Connor McGovern, what has he had? He's had four straight years of no playoffs. So if I'm him and there's a team out there that wants to pay me, you know, $10 million a year and the Broncos are offering nine or whatever. Obviously, I'm going to take that additional million and I'm going to leave. There's no sentimental value to stay with the Denver Broncos, even though, as John always said, they bounced off the bottom and things are trending in a different direction. I'm going to say Connor McGovern, 80-20 chance he signs elsewhere and is not a mm-hmm. Bronco moving forward. And the biggest reason for that, Zach, you touched on it, he's going to have a, a bigger market for his services than a lot of people realize because he's got now two, two years of starting experience. You can play him at center or guard. And he's never been hurt. He's there for you. And he wasn't penalized once last year, started all 16 games, didn't Great have a penalty. Call. Great call. So he's going to get paid. Shadif jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate Thank you, you Shadif. $10 donation says, I really want the Broncos to grab a second first round pick. Uh, Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle. Chenault, Rager in the second round. Use the 12 picks to trade up or use in free agency. I mean, it depends on who's there on the board, Zach, in terms of, you know, but what does it cost you? Like, how important is it for you to have two first round picks and then maybe only one pick in the second and third round combined? Like it's going to cost depending on where you want to move in to have that second first round pick. It could end up costing you. I mean, the Broncos right now are in a really good spot with five selections in the top 100. That's where starters are found is in the top 100. That's why they call the first, second and third round, the premium rounds, because that's where the starters, you know, by a numbers perspective come from. So Love you, Shadif. Got to disagree with you. Unless it's just a player that has great value on the Broncos big board and you've already made your your first round pick at, at pick 15 and here you are, you know, you're not drafting again until the second round, but a guy is falling that you had rated high and you have a chance maybe somewhere at the end of the first round and it costs you a third rounder to move up. I wouldn't be opposed to that. But you can't sell the farm just so that you can have two first round picks.
1: Right. Yeah. I'm not a, pr- a proponent at all of trading just to trade. If they fall in love with a player like they did last year with Drew Locke, Elway has shown that he will trade up to get his guy, but to just trade willy nilly for the sake of trading, he's never going to do. He draft, he values capital, draft capital like gold, and he doesn't give those picks away. But to come out of the draft is definitely enthralling to think about the Broncos having a Worfs and a Rego or a, R- a Worfs and a Chenault, you know, having the best lineman and one of the best receivers within the first round. That's definitely exciting to think about. I don't think it's too rooted in reality considering always history though. Okay. Let's,
2: we, we still have quite a few super chats to jump to and uh, let's do this rapid fire because we're running out of time here. We're getting a little bit long. So let's jump to Corey here with the $10 donation. Thank, Thank you, Corey. you, Corey. He says CB one, D E one inside linebacker, two offensive linemen and a number two wide out. This is the list. If we want to beat the chiefs, this is the list. These must be addressed and of them, defensive end number one and cornerback number one have to be game wreckers, nothing less than game wreckers. So, Zach, if you can, let's just spitball here. If you could get Byron Jones to be your CB1, you could get Chris Jones to be your DE1. Uh, Inside linebacker, your offensive line and your receivers come from the draft, or even if you, say, grab Danny Trevathan, Joe Schobert, you could do that in free agency as well, and your two offensive linemen and number two wide receiver come from the draft that's that's probably a plausible way of expecting this to unfold. Not necessarily saying both Joneses land in Denver, but his CB1, DE1, ILB2, OL, and wide receiver two.
1: I mean, I generally agree with this consensus, but I want to add running back in there as well as the Broncos need, considering if the Broncos really want to beat the Chiefs, they're going to have to match them on offense. I don't agree that defensive end one has to be a game wrecker. The game wreckers are Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Those are the game wreckers. The defensive end has to hold the line, uh, stop the run, get some pressure up the middle, but use the linebackers and the secondary to make plays. So if they want to invest heavily on that side of the ball with chris uh you know chris jones or byron jones fine but not necessarily that's more important than the offense that is the number one priority this offseason is building the nest around drew lock protecting him and getting him a supporting cast everything else is secondary
2: an emerging super uh superstar on super chat ron w jumps in five dollar donation thank you, thank you ron says i'm hearing darius slay on aj Bouillet to denver what are your thoughts i like slay a lot Big upgrade from Chris Harris Jr. Bouye would be a nice option too. We touched on that. I like either one. A.J. Bouye, though, I would stay away from unless he becomes a street-free agent. Darius Slay, if I'm in that Broncos front office, I'm making a call and I'm seeing what it would cost. Like Second-round pick might be, I'm not saying it would be, might be a little too rich for my blood, but if you drafted your future number one corner in the second round, you'd figure that'd be a small price to play uh, for for locking that down. So, if it took a second-round pick to price lay off Detroit's hands, maybe that's just a, a price you pay to get it done and and not have to worry about your number one corner outside the numbers. And then you got Bryce Callahan to play inside, play outside. You're hoping that uh, Devonte Bosby takes a step forward or at least you know shows what he showed initially in his second year in Denver. So
1: I like it. I would. Easily give up a third-round pick for Darius Slay, even though it's not going to happen. A second-round pick, it would depend upon how much he wants to get paid. The Broncos can just re-sign Chris Harris Jr. or just throw money at Byron Jones and save the draft pick. Or, like I said, look to the draft to get that cornerback. I would for sure check in on Darius Slay, but second-round pick, I don't think I would do, Chad. That's a good point. Hunter jumps back in.
2: $10 donation. Appreciate you, you, Hunter. Wow. This whole Super Chat thing is so much fun. Interacting with you guys is awesome. Sticking with running backs here. Is J.K. Dobbins an option in the second round, or does it not make sense? He's a great player, but do you really want to draft a running back that high? Zach, I'm of the opinion that you don't. You no. wait. The soonest I would consider taking a back is in the fourth round this year. No. Just because you, you – yeah, I mean, Royce Freeman had a down year last year, but you still have a 1,000-yard rusher and a third-round pick two years removed, so you don't necessarily need to, to use a premium-round pick
1: on one of this class's top backs – Wait to the mid rounds and see what's there. Broncos fans should riot if the Broncos take a running back in round two. They still have Royce Freeman, who, if you resign yourself to the fact he's never going to be a workhorse in the NFL at running back, one, he's a damn good backup to have though, behind Philip Lindsay. Still a good compliment for him. And then you have Lindsay, who's still your spark plug, a, a Pro Bowl or a thousand yard guy. He's going to be the centerpiece. So I'm with you, Chad, completely. They need depth for sure. They need insurance, but not before the fourth round at the minimum. Ariel
2: jumps back in on super chat. Appreciate you, Ariel. You, Ariel. Football priests, please exercise my Flacco demons. <laughs> All right, my son, here it comes. Flacco, <laughs> listen, the Broncos have until I think it's March 10th. Um, well, I'm, actually, I don't think that is the deadline on Flacco, but The new league year is going to begin the second week of March. I think you'll see just out of respect for Flacco, you'll see them make a decision on him between now and then so that he has a chance to land elsewhere and be a part of the free agent sweepstakes. They're going to try to trade him. They're not going to find anyone willing to give up anything to take on. And it's primarily because of that contract. Now, if he wasn't on the books for, you know, whatever it is, 23.6 something million on the cap charge this year. If he wasn't on the books for that, you could probably find a taker for Joe Flacco. You know, a quarterback, desperate, you know, you've got a young QB, you need a veteran stopgap backup just in case. There would be a team you might be able to get a 6th or 7th round pick for Flacco, but I just don't see it happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Broncos fans are holding out hope considering the Broncos traded uh, Case Keenum for a draft pick. But Keenum had a semi-productive kind of season in Denver, whereas Flacco was an abject failure. So they'll look like Chad said. They'll do their due diligence to see if they can move him for a bag of footballs, but they're probably not going to find that offer and just cut bait, take the cap hit, and move on, end the Flacco era once and for all.
2: Terry jumps back in up in Canada on Super Chat. He says, long sleeve, hashtag state of being to rock under my number 58. It's a good call. Yeah, absolutely. Gio ordered a shirt a few days ago on nice. Super Chat, by the way. Thank you for the donation, Thank Gio. You. you guys rock. Well, make sure, Gio, show you us, tag yeah. us in events an email. Tag us on Twitter. Tag us on Facebook. Whatever social media that you use, you can always email us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you show us yourself in all your splendor rocking that gear, and we will share it to give you some love on our social media. All right, guys, running out of time here. Let me jump through to these super chats, rapid fire. Josh Ostrom, five dollar donation. You, Josh. Appreciate you, Josh. Sup, boys? Every mock I'm starting to see has rugs, and those guys, as well as all the tackles, going early. So is Chenault staying in Colorado? You know, he's one of those guys that you know that he's described as being a running back who can play wide receiver. And if you're talking about a compliment, a guy that can cover, check some of the boxes that that Cortland Sutton doesn't. Chenault's got speed, and I'm curious to see what kind of 40 he runs at the combine, but let's just say it's like four, five ish between four, four, five and four, five. His open field ability, his ability to break tackles, like I would love to see that in this offense. You know, you throw him a screen and he can take it to the house type thing. And if he were the pick at 15, again, I'm still more of the opinion that you try and get a, a blue chip offensive lineman there just because of the depth of the wide receiver class. But if he were the pick, Zach, I would not shed a tear.
1: First of all, because you're seeing so many mock drafts with the Broncos taking a receiver, it's just a national consensus. They like to ride one narrative, and the Broncos need a receiver, so let's go with any receiver in any mock draft. I I like Chenault a lot. He reminds me of this year's Cortland Sutton, this year's draft class, a guy who has no business going where he's going. Not saying he's going to be a second-round pick, but maybe not 15 overall, somewhere in the 20s. He might be the best receiver in this draft class drive class, if not one of them. I don't know if he's going to end up in Denver. Like Chad said, they need a receiver. They can take a cornerback, maybe a linebacker, but he's definitely a good plan B to have in their back pocket. He would be an instant hit, instant starter in this offense.
2: Dang, Brian, jumping in from the top rope, tying the record for the biggest super chat in Huddle Up podcast history. Appreciate you so much, Brian. You've been a a diligent supporter of the show. Thank you so much. That means a ton. He says, have the Broncos... Have the Broncos still going after Chris Jones or that probably not happening anymore. Hope we can get the Detroit DB Chris Jones. It's still in the pipeline. It remains to be seen whether or not the chiefs actually end up letting him hit free agency, but all signs point to that. I mean, they only have, as we talked about earlier in the show, just under 14 million in available cap space. You know, you figure some of that is going to be dictated by just how much Patrick Mahomes wants to get paid and how, amenable he is to structuring his deal in a way that'll allow the team to invest in other players and keep pieces around him. There's a chance the chiefs hold on to him or they pay Patrick Mahomes and franchise tag Jones, but they're going to have to do some real cap arithmetic here (laughs) and some magic in order to fit both those guys under the cap. But uh, if I'm, if I'm the chiefs, I'm doing whatever I can to hold on to Chris Jones, but it just doesn't appear as if that's the, the plan up to this point.
1: And the Broncos will definitely have the money to sign Chris Jones, whatever, you know, he's in a draw in the open market. But should they sign him and will they sign him? Those are the questions that I have. I don't see it happening. He can pick and choose the suitor he wants to go to, and some team in the NFL will make him, if not one of the highest paid defensive linemen in the NFL. And the Broncos, with Shelby Harris and uh, Derek Wolf, both free agents, I don't think they're going to be inclined while paying Von Miller franchise quarterback money to pay Chris Jones that much.
2: Yeah. David Cromwell, longtime friend of Mile High Huddle. What's up? He jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate that, David. He says, does Justin Simmons get extended by July 15th? He's going to get tagged worst-case scenario. If that happens, John Elway, every other time he has franchise-tagged a player as a Broncos front office czar, has worked out a long-term extension. Will it happen before July 15th? If he gets tagged, my bet would be yes.
1: I'm with you. I don't even think he might get tagged, Chad. I think the Broncos can just skip that route and just give him a long-term deal. They have the money. You know, he's obviously deserving of it. I think they will come to some sort of agreement, you know, one way or the other, well before July 15th. Ron jumps back
2: in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Ron. Ron. I know it'll be a rich move, but I would love to see Jeffrey Okuda in this defense. Mm. Isaiah Simmons would be a nice chess piece. Do you see a move to grab Simmons? I don't see a move to grab Simmons, to be honest with you, Ron. However... He's beginning to get, I mean, his draft stock is just climbing, dude. Like I'm seeing him in top five mocks now, as opposed to he was kind of in between eight and 15 for a while there. And, you know, it depends on what he does at the combine too. He could end up, I mean, Eric trickle talked about this on dove Valley deep divers on Saturday. Trickle's a well-respected guy in the draft community. He's got him as his number two prospect in this class overall. And that's over guys like chase young. That's over guys like Jeffrey Okuda. Isaiah Simmons so something to keep an eye on but I don't think the Broncos are gonna you know again to move up into the top five Zach we're talking about giving up all three of those thirds you have this year your second round pick your first round pick and probably next year's first round pick for the pleasure he's just you don't do that unless it's a quarterback run
1: absolutely that's the only way the person you do it for is a franchise quarterback great player would fit this defense like a glove would make them just downright terrifying but unless he drops to like 12 and the broncos can kick a second round pick to move up they're not going to give up a king's ransom for a non-quarterback chat in this year's draft class josh jumps back in two dollar
2: donation Thank on super you. chat we should get clyde edwards hilaire and i'm not opposed to that but i'm here in fringe first round or early day two on clyde edwards hilaire and i just think that's you know, when you have Philip Lindsay on the roster, you you bring in a guy that's a first, second round pick as a running back. That player, that guy should play. And then who's taking the seat, Philip Lindsay? I mean, you got to really ponder that. So again, if he's there in the third round, maybe you it could convince me. But he's not going to be. I I think, I just don't think the Broncos are in a position yet where they can. They need to use a premium round pick on a running back. We'll see how it shakes out. But uh, Hunter Wertanen jumps back in. $5 donation on Super Chat. We appreciate you, Hunter. You've been phenomenal tonight. It means the world to us. All right, let me make sure I'm not missing anybody here. Larry, $5 donation, Super Chat. Broncos fan number 24 on YouTube. Is there any truth to the Diggs rumors? Well, the rumors, you got to remember, it's mostly started from fans saying, hey, Diggs is unhappy, the Broncos should make a call. Benjamin Albright said the Broncos will probably at least check on the cost, and I think there's truth to that. Whether or not a, a trade happens, I don't think it will happen.
1: Plus the Shermer connection from Minnesota, that's the big linking factor between the two sides. I, it's Broncos fans should not hold their breath for Stephon Diggs coming to Denver. I don't know why this started or where it started, but it ain't happening.
2: Cartoon triple sevens. Yeah, my wife is doing fine. She uh, turned the corner yesterday. I'm still married. Still got the ring. All good. <laughs> Appreciate the thoughts, guys. That's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up podcast. Big thanks to each and every one of you for joining us live. Several hundred people here between YouTube, Facebook, Periscope participating in this conversation. We love each and every one of you on our super chat superstars. A mile high salute. It means the world to us, you guys. You know, I think, Zach, we should probably do this between now and free agency opening up, which is we're about exactly one month. It's March 16th when the legal tampering period opens. We should probably have Sunday's episode between now and then each week be kind of a rumor mill roundup. What's what we've heard in the week prior. And I think that'll make for some appointment listening for our audience here, because this was one of our one of my Most exciting episodes so of the last few weeks anyway. So we'll keep that as a as a thread, guys. Hey, make sure you're following my partner here on Twitter at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And then stay tuned, guys. We're going to be back in the saddle tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll see what unfolds Monday if there's any news, any buzz, any rumors, anything that we can break down. If not, of course, we have plenty still that we can look forward to in terms of forecasting and breaking down this team, and uh, you know the Broncos trying to build that nest for Drew Lock. So
1: there's plenty to talk about. But Zach, have a good finish to your weekend, my brother. You as well, Chad. I'm excited to get back on tomorrow with you. And the, the good thing about like the rumor, like you mentioned, as we get closer to the combat and the free agency, it's really going to heat up. We're in a, a rare lull right now. And as the days go on, we're going to hear more and more come out. So I'm excited to dive into that. And also anyone who's ordered gear, uh, merchandise, like I, like Chad said, tag us on Twitter, you know, hit us up on email. We'll show you off. We appreciate the support. We, we do see every single order.
2: Yeah. Appreciate all you guys. I mean, Brian, that was phenomenal, man. You yes. are up in the Thank record. Books good, now on Super chat. You are tied for the all time record on that. So appreciate you guys. Eclipse. Good to see you, brother. Yes. Hopefully uh, time allows for you to join us during the week. And uh, anyway, guys, that'll do it for tonight. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. Don't forget to hit huddleuppod.com. Get your merch, get your swag, rep the site, rep the podcast. We will see you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern.